So bet on me, your host Flem. What's going on? Gonna recap the final week of the NFL season. His playoff time seating has been upon us. Seating has been placed down on us. The reason for this extra week of football. The only thing I could think of when I watched it was seating. One thing saved face. For this week 18 in the NFL, the one thing that saved face was the L.A. Chargers versus the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday Night Football. It was the greatest game I've ever seen played. Is that recency bias? Possibly. Gun to my head. It was the greatest game I've ever seen played. Greatest football game I've ever seen. That game had everything. If you like points, if you like offense, the game had that. If you like stops, if you're in the defense, game had that. You want to see two quarterbacks duel it out? Going throw for throw? A game had that. If you're into the running game, want to see two offensive lines get physical? Game had that. You like to see defensive lines get after it. Disrupt the other side. A game had that. I mean, that game had everything you were looking for. If you're a fan of the sport, that game was everything you could have asked for. The best football game I've seen ever. And that's not an overstatement. That's the best football game I've ever seen. As far as entertainment value, you couldn't ask for anything better. If you, you could, but it'd be unrealistic. What you got tonight was unrealistic. You'll never see that again. You'll never see two divisional teams play a tighter game. The margin for error in that game was non-existent. Were errors made? Yes. Could either team afford to make an error? Hell no. Neither team, especially when the fourth quarter came around, could afford to do anything besides make moves that were going to positively impact their clubs. And you may feel like, okay, well, duh, every fourth quarter and every game's that way. No, not necessarily. Neither team had margin for error. Neither. 
I'd have paid to watch that game. I would have paid money. And I don't have the ability to see into the future. But let's hypothetically say I had to pay to watch that football game. Upon watching it. That would have been money well spent. That month, that game was worth the price of admission. I've never seen more clutch plays. I've never seen more conversions made. I've never seen a game literally go down to the very last possible seconds before divide before deciding a winner. Now I've seen games in overtime tick down to double zeros, I mean triple zeros, but not with that level of suspense, not with that level of build up. That part hats off to both clubs. Both teams deserve to win. Both teams played their asses off. Both teams had great seasons. I mean, I could do a lot right now. I could drool over Justin Herbert, his performance. I could talk Brandon Staley, his decision-making. Let me say this before I lose it. A lot of people going to kill. This is, uh, I guess, technically Monday morning, but the wee hours of Monday morning. So all the pundits haven't woken up yet. But once 6 a.m. rolls around and all the experts start breaking down this game, it's going to be a lot of people critical to Brandon Staley, and here's why. Brandon Staley has gained this reputation of being super aggressive in his play calling and his decision-making, especially when it comes to going for it on fourth and shorts, down, basically on down and distances, and then uh, field position. He's not traditional at all. He's not conservative at all. Highlighting that, proving that tonight, they had a third and one. They got stopped for no gain in their own territory, say on their own 18-yard line. And then they follow up on a fourth down and one, the next play, which is not uncommon, thinking maybe they'll ca- – listen, the thought process wasn't terrible. It's just that you never do this in the sport, but I'm actually going to find a way to spin this and defend him. Because initially, I wanted to rip him. But I drove around a little bit. I thought about it more. It set in and it settled. And I and I found a way where I can actually agree with him. So it's not ridiculous that you may try to draw him off sides and line up. But the fact is, they knew and that team knew and his team knew that they were going to go for it in their own territory, deep in their own territory. In no man's land in their own territory. 
before the end of the second half, I mean first half, and they were going to try to get that fourth and one on the ground. Granted, they were just stopped on third and one on the ground. Here, here's why it, it was a bad call. Let's start there. But here's why I can defend it. And it's not the aggressive angle. It was a bad call. It, it was too hard of a zig. I, I get you're different. I get you're more progressive. I get your analytical. But it's just not a football play. And the one thing analytics does not take into account is momentum. That there's never going to be an algorithm that's going to be able to capsulize momentum. Never. There's never going to be that. Okay, how much research these people do? There's never going to be a formula that can equate the momentum of the game as well. You have to watch it. You have to be in it. You have to feel it. So I say all that to say the call was bad. However, the events that ended up playing out can justify the call. And here's how. Justin Herbert was down 12 points in the fourth quarter. Throws a not even a 50-50 ball. Unlike him, uncharacteristic, but I get him. He's trying to just give his guy a chance. But he throws a ball, a lame duck. He just throws a duck up, gets picked off. Momentum shifts. You feel it. Chargers instantly after that interception in the fourth, instantly enter no man's land. They have to play mistake-free football from that point on. And to be honest, that ended up being their demise. They just didn't leave themselves room for any more error. Because you go for it at the end of the half and you give up three easy ones. Because you choose to mismanage the clock winding down late in the uh, late in the fourth and you take the timeout for the team instead of letting them decide if they're going to call a timeout or not. Putting more pressure on them, you let them off the hook. They had it to set up to where they couldn't make any more mistakes. And to their point, and to their uh, to their to to speak to their performance, they answered that call. They they played mistake free football the rest of the way, but they had dug so many holes it just wasn't enough. But here's how I'm going to defend Zach, uh, not Zach Taylor, but here's how I'm going to defend uh, Brandon Staley. If it wasn't obviously embedded in their culture. It'd be unacceptable. His brazen 
will to go for it will be unacceptable. It is the one thing I am going to support him. I'm going to end up putting my arms around him uh, towards the end of this point. But let me say this, to be fair, and, and, and maybe you're thinking this, but this was a strong point in my mind, but I'm still going to back him. But this was enough of a point for me to say, you know what, I can't even back this guy. I'll say this. I will say this. Brandon Staley not going for it, going for the two-point conversion after Herbert's, all Herbert's heroics and Mike Williams. Keenan Allen, a lot of guys deserve credit on that last drive. A lot of Raiders deserve credit, too. And, and Raiders, I'm coming around for you guys. I mean, y'all, team, y'all played a hell of a game. It's easy to fall in love with the Chargers. They're the sexier team. Man, Raiders, Raiders deserve all the credit as well. And I'm coming around to y'all, but I think the more polarizing aspect is first that of the Chargers. It's... The one place I can part roads and then and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how he does save face to me and, and where I can let, let everybody know, like, hey, let's calm down. Let's assess the whole body of work. But it's hard when you think about it, when, when they're one point down and they have the opportunity of kicking the extra point to tie it up and take it to overtime. And at that moment, he chooses to not be aggressive and go for two and go for the win. To get his team into the dance, he's willing to, to, to go fourth and one, third and one, and then run the, back, run the same play over to fourth and one in his own territory, deep in his own territory, and basically hand the other team three points. But he's not brazen enough to say, let's end this game right here, right now, fellas. That's the only point where... Is it their culture? I don't I don't think he that I can strongly criticize him on because yes, you've embedded it in the guys that we're gonna sit here and we're going to back you as a coach and know we're that kind of team. We're uber aggressive, we're gonna go for it. That's us. And in the ultimate moment, to shy away from that and then be conservative and traditional. That's the only thing. That's the one thing I I struggle with, but I, I like to balance out arguments. I don't like to just present one side. That's the part, man. If someone brought that up, I'd have to throw my hands up. Uh, but to defend him, too. That's the culture he's bred. From preseason, from OTAs, from training camp, it's it's glaringly apparent that he sat that club down and he let every guy in that room know, A, he trusts them, and B, they're going to go for it and be aggressive. Every guy on that team knows that. And to the point I just made prior, you don't lose them being that way. Players want to go for it all the time. Players, especially offensive players, the man, they want another shot. You, you leave two yards on the field, it leaves a bad taste in their mouth. They don't have a problem with the going for it. What they're going to have a problem with is, is he consistent 
with the message because the message seemed to waver at the end when they finally uh, get the get the uh, score into one point uh, where it's a one point differential and they decide to not go for two and instead go for the traditional uh, conservative tie to take it into overtime. That I think is what the players are. We all in. Are we going for it no matter what, or are we not? That's the only place I think he could possibly lose his, uh, lose his locker room. But to round out where I can defend him, because they've been talking about this since training camp and because they've been talking about this since uh, preseason, and this is embedded in who they are in the culture, and it's no shocker to anybody unless they just showed up this week, is how you get the production that you got out of Herbert in fourth quarter and overtime and the rest of that team. There were more clutch catches and throws I have ever seen in a game's finale. I have never seen a clutch. I'm going to grammatically tear this part this apart, but there's no other way I can word it. I have never seen more, more clutcher throws and catches in a game than this one. I watched more fourth down conversions I've ever seen. They converted a fourth and 21 for a touchdown. Every time they had to have it, they didn't waver. They didn't look lost. They didn't have that hiccup. Every time they had to walk that tightrope with no harness, they went out there and they performed. And that's because Staley's breeding that kind of team. That when you are in that presser situation, it's just the same as every other situation. Because you know I believe in you, and you know we all got the same thinking. You know we practice fourth down conversions more than any other team. You know my philosophy on fourth downs. It's just another down. It's just another chance to pick it up. I watched two-point conversions from Herbert and uh, Eckler. Mike Williams, clutch. Keenan Allen, clutch. Jared Cook, clutch. The whole club stepped up. Not just Herbert. But that's from the coaching. That's from guys understanding that we live and die on these edgy situations. These edgy situations are just a part of what we already planned for. That's the only way I can defend him because you don't get that level of play. He coached them up to that clutch performance you saw. Throughout the year, that's a years long, and that's a philosophy. That's a team that doesn't care to down. They don't give a damn about the distance. And that's impressive. That's hard to breed. Did it end up, did it end up working for him? No. But it almost did. Almost did, so. Bet on me. Not a ton to get into. It's more reactionary than anything, but. I got one more segment I could spend to. Uh, we'll punch stacks up, too. We'll get his take on this. 
I really want his take of uh, that's what I'll do. I'll uh, I'll come back. I'll talk Raiders a little bit, and what exactly did we just get from this week eighteen? Were we sold a bill of goods? Did the NFL tell us that this week was supposed to be better? What we've been missing? Or did we get a bunch of hoopla? And God forbid I use these words, but a lot of pointless football. Is that what we got? I don't know. You tell me. We'll be back. Flynn, bet on me. Also, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You do have a gambling problem. Uh, make sure you go ahead. It's a free hotline. Uh, they'll listen. They will. Uh, they're good people over there. They'll take care of you um, if you are uh, in that realm. But I, I, I add that just because I am going to uh, first give the Raiders their props. Congratulations to the Las Vegas Raiders. Congratulations to the Las Vegas Raiders on making the playoffs. They deserve it. Both clubs deserve it, first off. Um, both clubs, I mean, played their ass off. But I already gave the Chargers their flowers. Time to do the Raiders the same justice, same due diligence. Uh, I mean, Derek Carr was just phenomenal. As good as Herbert was, no. It's, it's going to look like when you go back, and especially if you, you're a highlight person or you didn't watch the game, it's going to be very easy to just fall. If you didn't like Justin Herbert, if you see this, uh, I mean, you, you're, just, you're just holding a grudge. I mean, you just are. Now, number-wise... Number Because of how much the Chargers leaned on Herbert. Herbert threw 64 passes in this game. But this ain't about him in this segment. It's about Derek Carr and his performance. Derek Carr did enough for his team to win. And it was a team effort. From that, Josh Jacobs, who really answered the bell. Uh, And and it's no secret, you guys know I'm a, a Joe Burrow guy. And Burrow does the same thing. Uh, same thing Carr had to do tonight. Sometimes you got to use your sidekick. There's no shame in a quarterback utilizing their sidekick. And tonight his sidekick was Josh Jacobs, who rushed for 132 yards on 26 touches. 
also scored a touchdown rushing. But Derek Carr, when plays had to be made, he was making them. Did he leave a little bit on the field? Yes, but it was that kind of game. It was that kind of game where it was so tight. A couple plays going to be left out there. But overall, held it together long enough and did just enough to win. Did just enough to win. So Raiders, just impressive team win. But both teams played their asses off. Uh, honorable mentions for the Chargers: Mike Williams, 119 yards, nine receptions, touchdown. He's that guy's good. Mike Williams, that dude's good. Had 17 targets. Herbert was peppering everybody out here too, mind you. Again, I told you he threw 64 passes. This is the. This impresses about Justin Herbert right here. I'm sorry, you just can't. You can't just walking away from that game not have a lot to say about Herbert. I, I, I did. I know. I said this was going to be about the Raiders. Most I got from Raiders. Great team win. <laughs> Great team win. Vegas. Uh, both of you deserve to move on. It's hard. I I can't say this one in this one that hey best team won, best team moved on. Uh, well, I don't know who the best team y'all. If y'all played ten times, you'd probably spit five apiece. So it's hard to necessarily name a best team uh, between you two. But let me say this: they he threw it sixty-four times. But this is what's more impressive: not that they trusted him to throw the ball sixty-four times in a football game. This is the part that gets me: when you watch the game and you're in the late fourth quarter in overtime. He he had, he didn't lose anything on that ball. They have to strike while he's in his prime right now. They have to find success while he's in his prime right now because you're not going to get this out of out of anybody maybe for the next 30 years. He's in the fourth quarter. He's in overtime. Think about this already 50 plus passes in. And his arm looks like he just stepped off the sideline about to take his first snaps in the first quarter. He loses no pop, loses no velocity. He's 64 throws in. He's 50-plus throws in. And the ball is still jumping off his hands. Man, that dude's impressive, man. I mean, he's impressive. He is He is impressive. He's impressive, yo. Um, I can't say enough about that kid. Oh man. Uh, but shout out to the Raiders. Uh, the last picks I gave you on the last episode. Uh, called the Bulls on the money line to beat the Wizards. They took care of business. They did end up covering, but I called them on the money line. And they were successful in that. Uh, called the Hornets. Also gave you the Hornets beating the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets were coming off that back-to-back where they had played. Uh, I'm so sorry. No, Milwaukee Bucks. My apologies. I called the uh, Hornets over the Bucks. The Bucks had uh, took care of the Brooklyn Nets the night prior, but were coming off a of back-to-back. Called that upset. 
uh, and the Hornets came through on that. So, uh, 2-0 and there in basketball. Did call Chargers on the money line tonight. I knew it was a pick em. Uh That one fell short. But I'll live with that because they did take them to overtime. So, I'll live with that. Uh, 0-1 on my football, but, again, 2-0 and in basketball. Georgia hadn't played Alabama yet. I gave you that one. And the Caps actually fell short on the money line play I gave you uh, against them in the Blues. So, 0-1 in hockey. Still tentative in college football. 0-1 in the National Football League. But 2-0 in the NBA, so. Uh, right now, two and two at the bets, and Alabama, Georgia outcome will determine if I start my first set of predictions plus five hundred. So, recap on the bets. When I punch stacks up uh, before we get out of there, I'll give you five more uh, just to get you through the week. I'll give you five more locks and see how those go. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be back. Bet on me. Clouds are singing a song, marching along, just like they do. If the clouds were playing. No, I can't help but to hear an exchanging of words. What a beautiful wedding What a beautiful wedding Says a bridesmaid to a waiter But what a shame What a shame the poor groom's bride is a whore I chime in with the haven't seen people ever heard of Closing a goddamn door No, it's much better to face these kinds of things With a sense of voice and rationality Back, your host, Flem. Bet on me. Week 18. NFL created this week. They collectively bargained to have this week. They're in the makings of creating another week. Uh, seasons to come of week 19. We didn't need week 18. We did not need this extra week of football, everybody. And the NFL is playing a dangerous game. They are running the risk of watering down a product that was literally perfect before they put their meddling hands into it. 16 games was perfect. It was a round number. 16 games was just enough. You knew what teams were. You knew what teams weren't. 16 games was ideal. If you can't win your division in 16 weeks of playing, 17 weeks of playing, to me, should not be what you're what you're allowed. Sixteen weeks is plenty enough time to decide a champion of a division, especially when a division only consists of four teams. Sixteen weeks of play is enough play to decide who's good and who's not. Don't need seventeen weeks on the horizon. Definitely don't need eighteen weeks of play. But what we got was 17 weeks of play. 18 total weeks, one bye week, allowed to every team. And in week 18, I'm just going to go down the list of what you got as far as options 
watching the games. A lot of horses running races for no reason. Let me start there. Start there. They brought it to you on Saturday and on Sunday. The only way they saved face to me was the Sunday night matchup where the whole world was watching. And damn if those two teams didn't put on a spectacle. It's the only way they even saved face to me, personally. That that last game was definitely worth But the last game put me in the heart of, I mean, should we adopt a play-in? Should we adopt a play-in and then bye week the team that plays in? I mean, I, I thought of all kind of wacky stuff. But I'll tell you this, I didn't think that the week 18 was it. I didn't think making everybody suit up one more round, especially when the majority of these games had no implications whatsoever on what's going to be happening moving forward besides draft positions. And that's what this week 18 will become. It'll become draft week. It'll become tank week. And they're flirting with stuff like that. They're flirting with things like that. They're diluting what makes the sport great. The great part about football is that it's not a ton of football. The great part about college football is only 13 weeks of that. And every week you're sitting on the edge of your seat because you can't afford to lose a game. Same thing with NFL football. It was only 16 16 weeks you could watch play on the field of your favorite club. And by adding that extra game... You're taking value from those 16, which I don't agree with. And, and, and watching it, granted, it's the pilot for them. Maybe next year could have in week 18, uh, you know, three games like the Charger game where they're win or get ins, you know. I mean, that's their ideal, especially the way they put divisional matchups last weeks of the season. You can see what they were shooting for, but. I don't. I just don't love it, man. I, I really don't love it. Every game in eighteen was a uh, divisional game. I just don't love it, man. I. I mean, I could. I. I don't. I didn't love this. I didn't love this. But anyway, let me tell you why I didn't love it. Uh, let me give you some concrete backing to why I didn't love it. Uh, I mean, yeah, Chiefs Broncos who played Saturday. I mean, good game, but. I mean, Broncos weren't going anywhere. Chiefs are playing on the heart of seeding. I, I could care less. Listen, if we did all this for seeding, we don't need another week of football. I'll tell you that straight up. If we if we just had a problem, if we couldn't seed through 16 games played, I could give a damn less about seeding through 17 games played. I, I personally could. You already changed the playoff format. Only one team gets to buy. I ain't fuck. Like, come on, stop. Stop with the tweaking because it was never it was never broken. That's my problem. It was never broken to where it required fixing, and that's the arrogance I think they're going to run into. But anyway, Chiefs Broncos Chiefs take care of the Broncos 20, uh, 28, 24, But that had no implication to me. I didn't care if you were a Chiefs fan. I mean, maybe you cared a little bit about seeding. If you were a Broncos fan, you were just watching, hoping you guys won. Cowboys Eagles same thing. Eagles started all their backups. This meant nothing to the Eagles. It meant a little bit for seeding to the Cowboys. Again, we're playing for seeding. Not for the opportunity to compete, 
but for seeding. Come on. Bengals, Browns. Browns do take care of the Bengals, but Bengals don't care. The Bengals already had a chokehold on that division. Bengals had everything they wanted from that division. Bengals didn't even start their starters. Again, a team that gets it. A team that said, you know what? Fuck the standings. And, and fuck the seeding. So, Browns were playing for nothing. Bengals said, we're not playing for anything. A pointless game here. Packers-Lions. Lions end up winning. Rodgers played a little bit. They threw Love in. Oh, man. It's the only thing. You got you to glance at Love. and <laughs> Maybe you didn't love Love moving away from that. Two picks, one touchdown, 134 yards on t- on 17 attempts, and 10 of those were completed for Justin Love. Rodgers, though, had himself a day. Uh, he got him some work just to keep him not rusty. Uh, 14 of 18, 138, and two touchdowns. So, But, again, a, a, a pointless game. Neither team playing for anything. Lions playing for respect. Is that why we added the extra week? So the Lions can have respect? Give me a break. Vikings take care of the Bears. Another game has no implications. Just another game didn't mean anything. Take away from that game, they did not start fields. That's a little telling. That's telling that. For a team that had nothing to, to win, nothing to win, nothing to play for. Makes me think Nagy's not going to be there because that's an ownership move where ownership says, I'll be here and the quarterback we drafted will be here, but I'll be damned if you go out there and play him for one more start. So, uh, writing on the wall is that Matt Nagy's gone based on them starting Dalton. I mean, because it's what do you have to lose? Like, why, why don't you start the rookie in literally the last game of the season? It, it what do you have to lose? So that, that to me is telling. Colts had themselves a chance to get in. They just threw up on themselves. Trevor, shout out Trevor Lawrence. You've been through a lot this year. Uh, was able to get another win, um, which is good. The Jaguars being bad is not good for the league. It, it is not good for the league. Not at all. Uh, so the Jaguars closing that gap in parity. The best thing the NFL has going for itself is parity. The last thing you want is teams that you just can guarantee are no good. That's the last thing the NFL wants. That's what makes gambling so fun on the NFL. That's what makes it such a, a, a an invested effort each and every week because you just you just don't know. Uh, so Jaguars getting a win was great, especially with the Colts trying. Uh, Colts played all their starters. I mean, Colts gave it their all. Colts just got outmatched. And I and, and and I don't know. I evaluate my coach. Granted, I don't think the Colt the Colts are in danger of having uh, poor coaching, or or they're in that realm where we start looking at the coaching. But I'll say this: you lose a game like that to the worst uh, team and to the team that's going to get the number one pick, and you need it. You got to look at coaching. Maybe we weren't before, but we are now. You you couldn't get your guys up for this game to get you to ten wins. That's alarming. Uh, that's alarming to me. Steelers get in uh, on played an overtime game. Is that uh, Lamar was not back? But I wouldn't have rushed Lamar back for this either. They had already missed their playoff opportunity. Uh, you know, Latavius Murray. I mean, Latavius Murray went crazy. They had 150 on the ground, only 16 attempts. Uh, 
Tyler Huntley too continued to just show uh, show competent quarterback play. Now he only completed fifty percent of his passes. He did throw two interceptions as well, uh, but his his day on the ground was uh, he's he's kind of regressing to his mean, uh, which is expected though. He's he's regressing to his mean. So Titans uh, do take care of the Texans, but the Texans uh, make that close. But again, just another game. Now, granted, Titans uh, secured the number one spot. That's a game that mattered, but again, it's it's for the ultimate of seeding. It's, it's to the ultimate of seeding where now they guaranteed themselves a bye week. So, yes. But, again, you're telling me that can't be wrapped up in week 16. I have a hard time wrapping my mind around that. That we needed to get to week 17 before we figured out that the Tennessee Titans would not be playing on the first round of the uh, NFL playoffs. Like, give me a break. Uh, Saints take care of business. They do beat the Falcons. Jets kept it close, but uh, Bills end up pulling away. No, no playoff implication there besides seeding. Saints Falcons was an actual game uh, that had playoff implications. Niners Rams they are the thorn in their side. Niners do get to ten wins, uh, beat the Rams in overtime. I think there was playoff implication there. Uh, it's escaping me, but at the same time, still we're looking at seeding and Patriots and Dolphins. Patriots did play the starters, but the Dolphins, uh, Belichick, Dolphins have Belichick's number uh, for years. For years, the Dolphins have had Belichick's number, but the Dolphins end up uh, beating the Pats, but I don't even know how much playoff implication that had. I mean, Hawks end up beating the Cardinals, but the Cardinals, uh, they did play the starters. Uh, Cardinals did put their best foot forward. Hawks were just a little too much. Wilson could be his last game in that uniform. Uh, but Wilson had a good game, three touchdowns. Panthers, Bucks, nothing to see here. Again, seeding. Uh, but, they, I mean, Bucks rolled the Panthers. Panthers look good starting this year out, everybody. Don't forget that. You talking about coaching. Panthers started 3-0. and They just imploded. Uh, you talking about coaching, man. They lost their last seven. Eight of their last nine. No, my apologies. They lost nine of their last ten. Jesus. Panthers are in trouble. They're a dumpster fire. Woo. I mean, just looking at them, that's a bad team. But, I mean, besides seeding. What's the point of this? Week 18, we got a lot of seeding done. I don't know. I, I don't agree with just putting some of the best athletes in the world in one of the most physical games in the world at risk for seeding. For seeding. Like, come on. Million dollar athletes at risk. For seeding, I from the player perspective, I, I don't see the the benefit, and I get why they were kicking and screaming when I heard it. But this is the funny part: when I heard it, though, and I would hear the arguments, I wanted the extra games. But now seeing it, 
seeing what they were literally talking about, more games means more at risk, at putting their bodies at risk, more. I watched my club, my favorite team play today, the Washington football team. I literally looked out there and said, Terry McCorn, the best guy we got, is out there for no reason whatsoever. I don't want to see Terry McCorn out there in week 18. Not when he's playing for nothing. Especially when he was playing for nothing the week before. I don't need another week of nothing. So, that's my take. We're going to go ahead and get out of here, though. Uh, appreciate you listening. Again, gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, punch stacks up. When I do that with him, I will uh, go ahead and give you five more. Or the safest bet you can make. And uh, make sure you check out the next episode. Bet on me. <laughs>